0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back into Passionate Conversations on a Casual Level. We're your hosts, Brandy and Justin.
1: Well, guys, it's been a heck of a week. After our first episode, things have just been going really well.
0: They have, I think, a little better than we even thought.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think I was like thinking maybe two, three people would be listening. Not including
0: our moms. (laughs) Right, but
1: we had a really good uh a good amount of feedback and we really appreciate everyone that uh took time to listen to us and we're really excited to continue this thing i think throughout the week we've just been talking about it more and more and we're we're just so excited
0: yeah thank you guys so much for directly like letting us know what you're digging about the episode it gets us really pumped and adds fuel to our fire to continue going. So thank you guys so much. And a quick shout out to my artistic husband <laughs> for our intro and outro music to this podcast.
1: You know, <laughs> little something I did back in the day. Yes,
0: uh, 2013 to be exact.
1: Is it? Wow, that's yes. right. Yeah, I used to love making music and I still do. But, you know, there's this thing called time that uh, kind of <laughs> stops you from doing things That you really love but looking to get back to that pretty soon so
0: yeah you should i remember you sent me some beats when we were first dating
1: that's how i courted you
0: is that how that happened (laughs) well it worked
1: (laughs) (laughs) well it's been a it's been a good week i have to say i had a kind of full circle moment uh in my life uh as you know i used to work way back in the day at a little place in Stockton called CVS Pharmacy (laughs) way before moving over here. Yes, I've heard. Yes, yes. And I actually, I made a couple friends over there. And one of my good friends uh, ended up moving over here recently. And, you know, he actually hit me up and he wanted to buy a place. And we found him a really cool place. So, you know, to kind of go way back from when I was just starting to work, you know at this dead-end job yeah and meeting a really good friend and having to move over here and now you know kind of being able to help him find a place it it was just kind of a full circle moment for me I just kind of sit down and reflect
0: yeah so you guys worked there for like how long together
1: yeah we worked the night shift which was just like uh it was a drag you know Uh, I actually worked (laughs) I used to work uh a busing job before that i would bus tables and then go directly so like six o'clock at night till like 11 and then go directly at to cvs and work the graveyard shift so yeah it was it was bad and in stockton you know there's a lot of crime so (laughs) we would get people trying to you know Shoplift all yeah. the time, but we we got a kick out. But of it, you so.
0: and Chris would work like the graveyard shifts together.
1: Yeah, we would. Yeah, it was nice. It was dead. Yeah, <laughs> stocking shelves is is no fun for anybody. So, how was your week?
0: Um. Yeah, my week was. You know, it was a reflective week because January sixth happened to be the anniversary of my brother passing. I feel like most of you guys know that. Uh, my brother Cameron passed away three years ago. um so yeah, January sixth was his three year anniversary and you know what I didn't even know like I like I didn't even think about it um I was just out walking in the morning and I kept seeing little you know signs here and there and I when I walk I I'm like really like you know just looking at you know the trees and everything and so when I see little signs here and there that I feel are from him, you know, they're special to me. And I just, I quickly side note that in my mind and I move on.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but as I was nearing the end of my walk, it just dawned on me like, oh my gosh, is it the three-year anniversary? And I text my mom and asked her and she said, yes, it is. And I was like, oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. And it just so happened that we released our podcast on the day. You know, I didn't even know. Right. So I feel like that was just even more confirmation and made it even that much more special.
1: An organic thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Really special.
0: Really special. So yeah, it's been a good week.
1: Well, cheers to Cameron. Cheers to Cameron. Tonight I'm drinking some scotch in... I guess to kind of honor my grandfather who actually it's his birthday today, January twelfth. So
0: And he passed away
1: He passed away two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. yeah. So cheers and to that. Actually cheers, yeah. was it
0: three years? Yeah. It was it? Are you I don't know. It's two years. It's two years. <laughs> anyway.
1: <laughs> nonetheless, cheers to our family members who have passed cheers, and yes. cheers to your
0: guys' family members who have passed as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I also just want to say, because I know we're talking about the week, like, yes, it was good, but um a bombshell was kind of dropped on us this week. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> that we weren't expecting. Um, so you know, Lily is in school and we received an email. First we received a text message that said parent alert. And I was like, (laughs) what the hell? What's going on? Yeah, so um, it said, check your email. So I checked the email. And both you and I were um, together reading this email and it said, you know, her school's shutting down for two weeks because of COVID. Yeah.
1: It seems like everyone, I mean, everyone I've talked to right now is getting COVID. So Yeah. So it wasn't
0: surprising that that happened, but I think it just caught us off guard. Definitely. Because you were already talking about your upcoming week and like what, what your plans were. And yeah, we were just like ready to get started on the week. And I feel like anytime especially for me, my routine gets thrown off.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I, you get, I You get in a mood.
0: Yeah, and I, I started to get in a mood, for sure. And as I'm, you know, venting to you about it, you're like, what'd you say to me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't remember refresh my memory. Okay.
0: Yeah, so I don't know if you guys remember from last episode, but I ended the episode with saying, stay inspired and i'm venting to him and then he just goes stay inspired (laughs) and i'm like oh my god (laughs) shut up
1: (laughs) but yeah life has has thrown us a curveball this week but we dealt with it yeah no we did pleasantly surprised that her teacher like commands the class and it's yeah i mean she did really well she
0: did she i feel like surprised us both. We didn't, we thought it was going to be a shit show today.
1: Oh man, That's (laughs) for sure.
0: Yeah. And it ended up being, um, yeah, a pleasant surprise and and she really enjoyed it. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, today we're actually going to be talking about kind of our career paths and where we started when we first met and even before that and, and kind of where we ended up. So, you know, with that, I think, I think it's super important whenever we're talking about careers and where people started, where they finished, you know, to kind of get a background. So, you know, we'll start with you, Brandy. When you were younger, was there like a huge emphasis on you have to be a doctor, you have to do this job. And, you know, was there any, any sort of pressure for you when, from your parents or from outside? Um,
0: Yeah. I mean, there was definitely childhood like influences that, um wasn't anything like gotta be a doctor or a Mm -hmm. lawyer or anything it was just more so hey get out in the real world see what it's like yeah so um I remember living in Stockton and at 15 for anybody that lives in Stockton you guys I'm sure have heard of Misaki (laughs) (laughs) Um, that was my very first job um yeah the sushi hostess and like nice since getting out there at like that age, I guess I just learned to even, you know, through the times of me coming home crying, like, oh my God, I can't do this. Like, what am I doing? Um, I was able to push through and I feel like that's what really helped me. And, you know, when I actually was like ready to have a career. Um, And so from there, you know, 18, now moving to Southern California, I started at a major bank, Wells Fargo, to be Mm. specific. Um, and I worked there for eight years and I started at their entry level and kind of climbed the corporate ladder, as you'd say, um, from there. Um,
1: what was that like working at a bank every day? And so I always wonder, I never worked, you know, at that type of job, but it seems very kind of stiff and, you know, I mean, everyone walks in there and you're, you're handling people's money. So they kind of look at you different, like, well, don't, don't touch my money.
0: you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> Would you act like that if you came into yeah, the bank? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Every time
1: I go in, I question the teller right away. You touching my money? <laughs> just
0: no, at that age, starting at like, you know, 18, 19, I was just, you know, um, I was really green, eager to learn, um, and really had fun, you know, with what I was doing. So in the beginning, it was a lot of fun um, learning. Uh, going to different classes and as i progressed through my career and getting into like managerial roles that's when it became a bit difficult because you know it's hard to inspire your team when they're not inspired themselves
1: <laughs> yeah they're just there to show up
0: yeah and like not to say that they don't care about what, what they do but um it's it can be exhausting yeah for you to go in with a mindset of like you know we're gonna get get things done today and for whatever reason someone's having an off day and like you have to be able to deal with it and know you know what angle to take on it so it became really really exhausting um and i just yeah it took a toll on me i would say
1: yeah i remember when when we first met you know you told me you worked for wells fargo and i believe at that time you were in a a manager position um and and i remember thinking damn this girl's got it all together (laughs) For sure, and and you definitely did because at that time, you know, and we'll get to my story, but I, you know, I was I was working a solid job, but yeah, you know, you had really good income, and I always remember thinking like, wow, this is I've met somebody who has it all going on for her, and I'm I'm so excited, you know, yeah, because it, it it's just rare to find, especially at your age. I think you were when we met.
0: I think I was 23. Yeah, yeah,
1: so you were doing really well for yourself
0: thank you it yeah i mean you know 23 i'm like i was living on my own you know grinding every day like that's really all i knew honestly like i didn't know any different so um it it may have seemed like oh my gosh everything is great um as i'm now looking in retrospect um Those years were like super transformative years for me of like finding, you know, like taking people's feedback of, you know, you are really good in this. You should do this. You should do that. And I honestly just kind of went with it. (laughs) Like anytime anybody said you're good at this, do this, I'm like, yeah, okay, let's do it.
1: (laughs) You should be a scuba instructor. (laughs) Let's go for that. No, but that's but, cool. You had people that kind of guide you in the right direction. I did.
0: I did. I'm very thankful for the people that I met and connected with that were able to guide me and kind of mentor me. Um, I've learned a lot from them. Uh, You know, but in that process, I did lose myself. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Just kind of like, w- like what do I want to do? And I can't just keep going where I'm being called every time, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, looking back, I wouldn't have changed a thing <laughs> because an hour you know, relationship. At the time, like, there was
1: a necessary process. It was, yeah. yeah.
0: And, um, you know, with us meeting while me we working at the bank, we moved in together pretty fast. We had a kid together a little fast, like, according was, to society, according yeah. to society. Yes. <laughs> so I was not in the right mind frame to be like, Oh, well, let me just leave my job and go do let me go see what I want to do. <laughs> like to see the
1: world. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, I I, did, I do remember one of the things I remember about the bank, and, you know, we'll get into it a little later, but um, you used to come home really, really stressed. And I would just be like, all right, let me just not set her off. Because, <laughs> because I know you were taking shit from people all day. Yeah. And, you know, uh, what was that like?
0: Honestly, it was like giving the best version of myself to my job every day and to those people that I would see every day. And I'd give the worst part of myself, what was left <laughs> to you. I got the scraps. And to Lily. Yeah. yeah. It, like, yeah, <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> I'm glad we can laugh about it now. But in the moment, it was really, really tough, like yeah. tough on me.
1: I remember a couple of times you just coming home and being just spent. And I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to let this blow off because I know it's kind of like that Snickers commercial. You know, you're not yourself when you're hungry. So,
0: oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think you it, it's a football commercial. And, I, and we'll say, get I to don't the, really
0: watch commercials.
1: <laughs> and we'll get to the Super Bowl pick later. So. OK. <laughs> <laughs> so after Wells Fargo.
0: Yeah. After Wells Fargo, um, I did come to a point of like, all right, I've climbed the corporate ladder here, I'm miserable, you -hmm. know, I really was coming home just like having an emotional roller coaster every time. And so decided, you know what, this isn't for me anymore, I'm going to do something else. Um, And I reached out to people and found a position at Cedar Sinai Hospital um, here in Los Angeles. And I just thought that was the next, you know, natural step for me to do. Yeah. Um it was not at a bank.
1: Moving on from a bank. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was not at a bank, but I was moving on from a bank. So I felt like that was just, you know, something different. Right. Somewhere that was stable that I was used to, had benefits I was used to. Yeah. Um, and I could also climb my way up because Right. I was such you a know.
1: big organization. So. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So um I worked there for a few years, and I was able to kind of um, put myself in a position that was, yeah, it was pretty good as far as like stability, <laughs> right? <laughs> stability and pay. Um, I feel like anyone would have killed for the job, right? Uh, but it did come to a point of my body was no longer reacting to like my willpower that I was. Forcing myself every day to do. Yeah. It was like, all right, like you need to really just figure your shit out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of like, this isn't fulfilling anymore. Um, and I remember talking to you, probably yeah. about a year or two, mm-hmm. um, about me possibly just leaving, and not having that plan B. You know, right. just just straight up leaving, like right. just walking away. And I know you were really kind of yeah. hesitant on it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> at, at that time, you know, <laughs> as a real estate agent, moving from a different area in, in the States to a new area in the state, you know, I didn't have too much business going on. I mean, I, I had some momentum going, but the thought of losing your income was like, uh, can we do that?
0: <laughs> yeah. So what was really going on in your mind Were you like, was it the income or, like, was of it course. anything else? Of it course. It was a
1: security. You know, I think at the time with, with Lily, it, you know, being in the picture or at least coming in the picture around that time, it was like, I, you know, we, we can't do this. And my my income was flexible at the time, if you will. So it was, yeah. you know, a paycheck here, a paycheck there, but it wasn't something that I was willing to bet on, you know, that it was oh, going to be see. coming in. So
0: Right, right. So it was – A little scary. Of course. Of
1: course. I mean, at the time we had a a pretty hefty rent. I mean, at at that point in our life.
0: (laughs) Right. You know. So that was what six years ago? Yeah. Yeah. So it was a lot of
1: pressure. Um, and just kind of giving you that mentality of like, stick it out. We gotta there's a there's a means to an end here. But um yeah, that that was tough.
0: That was. I'm glad we we can look back on it, you know, and we, we did it the way we wanted to. Um, And I did wait (laughs) for as long as I could. Yeah. Um, Not too much longer, but um, yeah, I was just like ready to move on. And, um, you know, having Lily being in daycare, you know, and having to commute two hours, like to West L.A., then an hour after that, right, to go to Glendora to pick her up. Like, <laughs> yeah, you had like
1: an 11 hour, 12 hour <laughs> work day, basically.
0: Yeah. So basically, it was like, all right, you got to just
1: yeah. move on. So
0: here I am.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how it went down. Yeah. But I, I think, and then after <laughs> that, you had an, a brief stint with a, an executive working at that position. And what, what was that like?
0: I mean, it was, you know, good experience to have. um, But I was just, you know, I was in a mindset of like, I'm ready to give more to myself and to my family. um, And it was just coming to a halt. (laughs)
1: Right. Like the time was running out, basically. It seemed like at the end of Wells Fargo, for you, the the passion of, kind of working and, and doing this grind, you were worn out. I mean, you've done it since you were 18, and you're just kind of like, all right, this is really not the road I want to continue to go down. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, having Lily into our in our lives, it just became apparent that you don't want to do this anymore at some point, it seems
0: like. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I was beating myself up every day Yeah, about not spending time with her and you know, kind of just and and getting upset with you every day because <laughs> <laughs> because I'm giving you a list of things to do for her. And like I'd get upset if you forget something. but <laughs> in reality, it's because I was upset that I wasn't doing it, yeah, you know, right. So that right. was really was what was underneath my emotions, I would say.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm sitting here confused, like, what the hell did I do wrong?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> you know, but it, obviously, we, we've grown from that and kind of moved forward, and we understand each other, and, and kind of, I understand your mindset at that point, and, and how far you've come, so it, it's been a big transition.
0: It has, it has, and, you know, I, I would love for everyone to kind of hear your journey, because I feel like it's so, you know, inspiring.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Started from the bottom. Yeah, started <laughs> from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I mentioned. Uh, well, I, I guess to start with, with my parents growing up, you know, it was my parents both didn't go to college. Uh, my dad was a truck driver. My mom was an awesome mom, stay-at-home mom, if you will, but she was more than that, of course. Took us to every sports game, all the anything that you would. Want. my mom was on it. So she yeah. was, she was great. My dad was great, of course, as well. Um, but yeah, it was always preached, you know, don't do drugs, go to college. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what was preached to us um, for a long time. And, you know, that, that kind of stuck with me, I think. Uh, and, but after high school, it was just like, all right, go to college. I saw a lot of friends going to college. Um, but it was, for me, I had this mindset of like, make money. Make money right away. Oh, you did. Yeah, I, I think it, that's all I wanted to do. Is if I'm not if I'm not going to school, and I did I did do junior college for a while. I just I just couldn't stick with that. I didn't really like it, so yeah. I was like, all right, get as many jobs as I can. So, so is that had, when you had the two jobs, right? Yeah, exactly. So I mean, all kinds of different jobs here and there, um, but at, you know, at some point. I, I realized, all right, these jobs aren't aren't doing too much for me. And, you know, it's actually interesting. I had a coworker at Olive Garden is where I worked. I, I would do busing there. And, and this coworker, she had an opportunity. She said, hey, you know, my brother is like an investor for um, this company. They look at properties, they purchase them and they flip them. Um, they're looking for somebody to basically drive the properties and give them an idea of you know, the condition. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, that, that sounds interesting. And yeah. how much do I make, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it was well over what I was making at the time. So I said, I'm definitely interested. So,
0: so you started that?
1: Well, <clears throat> so I took like a ride along with her, um, maybe the next week. And then after that, like the big boss, you know, the one who was controlling everything took me for a ride along. And then he, he kind of showed me the ropes, what I was looking to do and whatnot, uh, what I needed to do. And, and essentially when, when they're looking at these properties, they want to know like, all right, what's wrong with the outside of it? Because when we're purchasing the property, we actually can't – it's a foreclosure. People are still living there for the most part. So you oh. can't actually knock on the door and right. see inside. So you
0: just go and look at it from the outside?
1: Yeah. So basically what they're doing is they're – projecting out what can we get for this property after we remodel it, you know, Mm -hmm. we call it the ARV, the after rehab value. So they were projecting out what they can get for it. um, And then they wanted to kind of figure with all the repairs, the windows, the roof, whatever kind of deferred maintenance I see on the outside, what their purchase price should be. So okay. I, I would do that. But I went for the ride along with him and he was a cool guy. And nice. <laughs> and then they put me to work. I was like the Bay Area guy driving. Wait, from... so
0: were you still working at Olive Garden?
1: No. At this point <laughs> at this point I had to had to quit that. Okay, but
0: oh so you had this
1: I had a crazy job. I would I would leave my house at like five AM in the morning from Stockton, shoot over to Oakland and there would be like seven or eight properties on the list for the day so i would go and drive okay right because they're like they're planning out all right we're gonna bid on these properties potentially if they go to sale but the tricky thing is like as the day goes on these things just fall off because there's all kinds of people calling in and they're saying like oh you know we're gonna make the payment just give us some more time and they're just letting these people kind of slide they postpone the sale so As I'm driving around, like I would get a call like, oh, that one canceled. Don't drive that. Don't drive this. Oh,
0: so you're kind of like on call in a way.
1: Yeah, I was I had a list, but it was like, you know, here's your temporary list and we're going to continue to tell you to drive places. Yeah. Um, So would
0: you say through that process, is that when you started to fall in love with real estate?
1: So, yeah, I would travel to Oakland like every morning, you know, obviously after driving the properties. and. They would have me bid on properties they would give me like a million dollars in cashiers checks i'd just be rolling around with that
0: wow and they trusted you
1: i apparently they did i I didn't trust trust myself yeah i don't
0: know if i trust you
1: (laughs) i mean it was a lot of money and i i mean i didn't really understand like it's it's cash but it's a check so i don't know it wasn't at least it wasn't like a briefcase of cash and i'm over here
0: yeah right
1: so it was intense, you know, it was, it was intimidating. I would be on the phone and they would basically, I'd be like, yeah, we got Cunningham coming up, you know, and just talk about uh, the property and they would be giving me a number of like, yeah, it's at 750. All right, go higher. But it it was oh, okay. super interesting to me because this was like 2011, 2012. This is like right after the crash. So um, they had a lot of people funding them and, Nonetheless, I digress. It was really, really a fun job and informative. But I got to see after they purchased the properties, they would kind of have me go drive back to them. And after they've been remodeled, and I would look at them because I would see them after after I drove the property I actually had to go to like a Kinko's or, you know, somewhere where I would print out um you know a notice to vacate and I I feel bad of course the people yeah the people had to
0: go and put those notices on their doors I did
1: I had to post them on their door uh I didn't have to knock or anything I just had to put it on the door and and tick off um you know and, and at that point that's I saw the house I saw what the condition was in and then they would say hey we you know we finished remodeling this property and would send me back out and I would get to see it and I'd I remember one day specifically, I think it was in uh, Antioch. I walked, this is the first time I got to go back through a property. And I I went, opened the door, I walked through and I said, damn, this is nice. You know, they did a really, really nice job. And that's where I kind of fell in love with everything. The process of rehabbing, remodeling.
0: So that was like the first property that you got to kind of see? Yeah, I I
1: bought a bunch of them before that. But then they just said like, you know what we're gonna start having you check on certain properties oh,
0: okay and,
1: and at this time in the bay area i mean they were buying properties for like 400 500 six hundred thousand which is ridiculously low yeah so it, it was really interesting at, at that point and then you know i think right before interestingly enough right before we met uh i got laid off you know i think it was 2012 the firm didn't know if they wanted to continue to um, buy properties anymore. Uh, just because of the uncertainty going forward in the real estate market, they were like, hmm, do we want to buy? They've already bought a ton. I mean, I just to recap, I went to Sacramento Auctions. Yeah. I went to Stockton Auctions. I went to... Costa Mesa, or not Costa Mesa, excuse me. <laughs> I went to San Jose auctions. I went to Martinez, California auctions. So I went all over Northern California and bought properties for them. So they they acquired a lot of property during that time. And I think they just were reflecting and saying, okay, we got a lot of stuff. Let's see what the market does. So um, at that point, we you know started dating. <laughs> I was unemployed um but i was getting unemployment i had a skill set you know so i was actually studying to get my real estate license and i actually remember at a point that i was pretty broke and (laughs) we were dating i don't think you knew how broke i was
0: no because yeah i was under the impression that you were working
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i didn't ever lie about it but i just didn't you know you didn't reveal
0: the truth by
1: the way yes (laughs) I'm laid off yeah. from this real estate job. So I remember telling you that I was working on my license and I, I don't know how this happened, but you know, you were so generous and your mom too. And I, I've passed my real estate license exam and I remember being so broke and your mom actually, your mom.
0: What did my mom do?
1: She hooked me up. She, she did paid for like the dues for me to be a real estate agent. Yeah, I remember that. You probably don't remember because you have a bad memory.
0: I don't remember that whatsoever. Yep. Wow.
1: (laughs) But your mom is such a sweetheart, hooked me up. Wow. And at that point, we kind of just started, you know, getting really, really serious. And I decided, we decided after looking at rents in the Bay Area, that LA was probably the best place for us to move. So I moved in with you in Pasadena. And you had this great job, and I had no job.
0: <laughs> I, Honestly, I, at that point, I was willing to go to the Bay Area. Yeah. Because I just didn't want to do my job anymore.
1: <laughs> but little did you know, I wouldn't be able to support you.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm like, why do you want to come over here? Why can't I go over there?
1: Well, we did want to do that, but... We looked at some places. and It, it was work.
0: so expensive. Yeah, like, crazy
1: expensive. Crazy.
0: Right. Yeah. So, yes, we, we settled into Pasadena.
1: Found a cute little place in Pasadena, and it worked for us. You know, you you would go to work, and I would stay at home and try and find things to do <laughs> because I was, like, terrified that I have this amazing woman that has this great job, and I have my real estate license, but I don't know anybody in L.A., so right. I used to think to myself, I have to bring something to the table. <laughs> so I would cook, I would clean. I would make sure when the you got home, the house was spick and span and <laughs> you were fed. Because, that was nice. <laughs> yeah, because I just didn't, at that point, I didn't know. I didn't know, like, I got to make sure that I pull my weight around here.
0: <laughs> yeah, and what's interesting is, like, you know, I think most relationships have their roles established and they stay the same. Right. Right. Like for us, we came in with the roles and we established them. And then now, you know, what six years down the down the line, our roles change and yeah. we now have to adjust. And now, you know, like you're the one going out there and I'm the one yeah. kind of, you know, support being in the supportive role.
1: It all it all comes full circle. Yeah. But to hit on that point. I was doing anything I could to make sure that you knew I was serious about you and I was serious about us kind of building a future together. So I I was applying everywhere, restaurants, whatever. And and I had my real estate license. I was with Keller Williams in West Hollywood, but I just didn't know what to do. I had, you know, I had a cool mentor, but I didn't really have direction. He didn't really tell me, this is what you need to be doing. So I had to do what I had to do. I actually called up my uncle, who was kind of a, a big shot at Sprouts, and I said, "Hey, can I get a job? Because I, I got no income here. <laughs> like
0: nothing's working out. Over Nothing.
1: Here. Yeah. So that was like two or three months into us being together, maybe even even four, um, where I started to stock shelves at Sprouts Farmers Market in Monrovia.
0: I remember that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely loved. no I'm just kidding. I freaking <laughs> hated it. I was a good employee because I worked hard, but oh my gosh. Like if if you want to get bored real quick, go stock some shelves. Oh
0: my gosh. Now, it just wasn't for you. It just wasn't for me. Like yeah. I know
1: people like my uncle, he, he worked his whole life at at a grocery store and I could see it. Like when I go into grocery stores, I see people and they're happy. Like they're yeah. generally happy. Uh, to be there, and but for me, it was just like this. Just it just isn't for me. Yeah. So, I think working there, gosh, four or five months, just making ends meet. Um, and then, you know, I, I think I started to kind of get a couple deals under my belt. Basically, I held a couple open houses. I got super lucky. Met some great people. Right. Um. And we closed a couple deals, I think in my first year of real estate, it was maybe two deals um, and one of them was, you know, your, your stepdad who referred me to somebody. So that was that was good. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I closed a couple got some confidence and then, you know, kind of rode the roller coaster down because in real estate, if you're not constantly um, prospecting you're, you're just gonna you know you're gonna do a roller coaster you're gonna find a client you're gonna get super high super excited close the deal and then oh wait I didn't prospect so I had to learn that the hard way and you know after riding that roller coaster for a while uh, <laughs> I think Lily came along and you were still working right and I had to turn to drive and lift and I think you really oh, yeah. remember that. <laughs> And you used to hate it because I would go out at night.
0: Because, yeah, I would be working during the day and then you're leaving at night. And yeah, yeah, we didn't get to see
1: each other. I know that you probably didn't feel the safest. I mean, we live in a nice neighborhood, but for me to leave the house at night and just be driving people around.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was an adjustment for sure
1: right but at that time i was still working still grinding um doing open houses and whatnot but it just wasn't it really wasn't working to to a high degree you know um i didn't have any direction um until one day i got a phone call i got a phone call from my now coach joe Valadell, and he really turned things around for me i took a meeting with him. He was actually joining the Beverly Hills office and he called me in, said, Hey, I want to talk to you. And we went to lunch together and he just started to kind of lay out a plan for me. And I I think at that point it, it all kind of changed. You know, I had some accountability. I had somebody that actually cared, you know, about my future and he put me to work. (laughs)
0: He did. Yeah, I remember that was a pivotal time for you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I I think that that was the time. And and I actually one of the first things that he told me is I need to enroll in this course that's called bold. And (laughs) I remember. (laughs) And bold is is almost like a brainwashing clinic, which it's a good thing. Like it really encourages you to be positive about everything which in sales you really have to do you have to think that next sale is coming people like to talk to me they want to talk to me and i remember bringing (laughs) i remember bringing a lot of this positive energy back to you after you know you had worked quite a bit
0: yeah i remember that
1: And I was just kind of talking grandiose, right? These plans of we're gonna own a property in Pasadena, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. And I remember kind of being met with like, "Are you off your meds?"
0: <laughs> oh, really? I didn't, did I say that? No,
1: but that's the <laughs> what my perception was of, of the conversation. Yeah, no, I
0: think what I said was like, "Okay, are you gonna get out of La La Land now? Like, yeah. we get back to reality here."
1: Right. <laughs> And I had all this, you know, great energy, and it was just like, damn, you know, I I felt at that point, you know, that I wasn't, I wasn't sure if you believed in me, you know, to be completely honest, but I, I, I now see that, obviously, you were going through a lot of your work, and kind of like tired of working. So it was... Yeah. Looking at me like, are you crazy? And and I understand because at the time I had been working for two, three years in real estate and, and really, you know, hadn't produced that much. So for you to just believe that I'm going to do all these things,
0: right?
1: <laughs> you know, I, I get it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I definitely was. I remember that phone call that we had together. I was driving home from work and I was in traffic, and so when you were just talking to me about all these things, I my natural reaction was like to shut you down. <laughs> <laughs> right. Honestly, it was just you know, like, what are you even talking about right now? Um, but I'm so glad that you didn't you didn't let that get you down because yeah. you still persevered and and you went through the program and it just has made you a better. Agent because of it. Um yeah. and yeah, I think uh that was because of my own insecurities that I had going on.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And I understand that. I don't hold it against you. <laughs> I, I, I and at that time I actually found um I, I loved because I, I didn't I went to junior college, I had some education, but I loved I, I learned about, you know, kind of self education, audiobooks. And i really i started listening to earl nightingale and earl nightingale is this guy he's probably from i you know am gonna butcher this but i think he's from the the 40s or 30s 20s i don't know but very very wise man and i remember hearing this story and he tells it really really well so if you guys want to check it on youtube you can you can youtube uh, acres of diamonds and he talks about this guy and this i think is pretty it's pretty telling of society that this guy owned a a piece of land and I believe it was in Africa and he was just desperate to find, he had this priest come and visit him and the priest said, you know, there's these things called diamonds. They're very, very valuable. And he got obsessed and he wanted to go find diamonds. So he actually sold his farm and he went off in search of all these diamonds. Well, after years and years of searching for diamonds, he died by himself uh, never found any diamonds and yet the man who ended up buying his farm one day was working the river you know just kind of walking through kicks something reaches down and finds the biggest diamond that ever oh, wow. <laughs> that ever existed in this guy's farm and kind of the moral of the story is you know figure out what you're looking for, look around you and and be aware of what it is that you want. So that Errol Nightingale really started to shape my mind and kind of give me an idea of, you know, imagining what I want and then bringing it into existence. So I I think at that time I, I was, I was obsessed. I was listening to that kind of stuff all the time. So my, my overwhelming positivity, I couldn't, no one could bring me down.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I see where you're coming (laughs) from. Yeah.
1: So I I was just kind of obsessed with that. And, um, yeah, so at that point, I actually had a, so the relationship that I had up North that where they were bidding on properties, they actually had a wing out here in the South where they were doing the same thing. And there was a small team. Uh, and, you know, luckily enough, I got introduced to them. So I got to quit Sprouts. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And and go and work for them. So something I was familiar with, something I was passionate about, real estate related. And yeah, I I think it it ended up working out pretty well. Um, I probably wasn't the best employee for them just because I (laughs) I was always, you know, thinking about my real estate stuff, too. And They're great guys, though. I mean, they're they're amazing, and I learned a ton from them, and I still talk to them to this day. Really good friends. Yeah, I
0: feel like they're great connections for you, too.
1: Absolutely, yeah. They they provide so much value in my business. And, um, yeah, and that was at that point, I worked for them for about, what, two years? Yeah. And then I got lucky. Uh, Lucky with my coaching, with my positivity, and everything just clicked. And I was able to string together, I think, three deals in a month. And, you know, I think it was something like $30,000 that, you know, I ended up earning that month and I finally was able to come to you and say, I think, I think this is it, I'm going to do this full time. And I just dedicated myself to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I do remember, um. Like, during my transition from work, it was, yeah, it was tough because we weren't sure if we were going to be able to do it or not. Yeah. And um, we just had to put our faith into the universe that, you know, we'd be able to, you know, to do it. And sure enough, like, that's when this happened. Yeah. So it's just amazing how it all worked out.
1: It all came through. Yeah. It all came through. Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) So after going full time, I was doing cold calling, everything you can imagine. And folks, believe it or not, (laughs) it was like four or five months until I closed the deal. And it was so stressful. Me thinking, you know, I have to do this. I went full time. I have no income. So I was going hard. I was cold calling every single day. And finally, finally, after four or five months, I got a hold of a sweet old lady. And mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately for her, she was in a situation where she had to sell. And when you're in real estate, you're it's always it's intimidating, especially when you're first, you know, getting into it. It's hard to walk into an appointment, especially to sell somebody's house especially when you haven't done it before or if you've done it maybe once or twice. Um, But, you know, this was a significant amount of money and I walk in and it was just like slam dunk. They're ready to go. And I remember that being just a really, you know, so rewarding after working for months and months on end without closing anything. It was, it was crazy and everything really just came to a head there and it has just steamed on from that point like it's yeah. just continued to grow. And I, I couldn't be any happier about it. So fast forward to 2020, you were actually able to move on from your job. Yay. <laughs> Cheers to
0: that. Cheers to that.
1: <laughs> and things, I mean, the rest is history. Things have been going amazing. Business has just been off the hook. So God willing, everything will continue to to go down that road. and. We'll just continue doubling every year. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) That
0: that is the goal. Um, But I do want to mention that, you know, during my transition from my job and into my current role, you know, as I mentioned earlier with my brother passing, I feel like that really opened up um, my eyes to just, you know, what else is out there for us, you know, yeah, to learn? Right. And so that is when I read a couple books that I just want to mention. Um, so I read a book named Light Between Us and Signs by mm. Laurel and Jackson. Great books. And yes, I know you've read them. And they're amazing. That's how I feel like I've been able to really cultivate a relationship with my brother, even though he's not here mm-hmm. anymore. Um, And I feel during that cultivation i've been able to gain more confidence in myself because i know there's like a higher power yeah. that's watching over me 100 and with that confidence i was able to move on from my job and kind of do all these other things that i've been wanting to do um and another really powerful book that i read is um, a book named power of your subconscious mind by dr joseph murray and that one is from the sixties, <laughs> yeah. but it's just so relevant. Right, like you could read that at any time and gain. It doesn't matter how old So is, much and... knowledge. Yeah. Right. So if anybody is out there, um, definitely recommend those books. And um, yeah, I just wanted to share how impactful they were.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, just seeing you, seeing your growth after you know going what we what you went through with your brother and just kind of. I, I, you've had a, like an enlightenment period where you just kind of found yourself. So, I, I think, yeah, if you're if you're looking for a good book, these are the ones.
0: Yes, definitely.
1: <laughs> so, moving on to a little less serious topics, uh, we're coming into it is January. Typically, the the Super Bowl takes place in January, but as of late, it's been happening more in February. So. I don't know if you know, but in the NFL, it's always been a 17 week season and they've had a total of 16 games. So they have every team has a bye week. So they don't play. They rest their players. So this year, it's really interesting. They had an 18th week and they actually had 17 games, which.
0: But every other year has been 17 every
1: other year has been 17 weeks with a total of 16 games this year we're looking at 18 weeks with a total of 17 games which Mm. doesn't make sense because when you're a home team you're considered to have the advantage because you have your home crowd rooting for you and so some teams had more home games than they did have road games which is just completely unfair yeah i digress (laughs) So, the Super Bowl is upon us, and I have a couple predictions that I want to make.
0: What are they? Oh,
1: <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> so, you know, I don't believe that sports are, you know, a, a real thing, I like I said before in the last episode. I think they're predetermined. I grew up always believing in sports, but I, I, I just think either, either they're predetermined or there's an organic nature about them that... um they happen in a kind of organic way. And I think I've, I've done a lot of studying and, and found the ways that these happen. So,
0: yeah, enlighten us.
1: Yeah, sure. So, this year is actually going to be the 102nd, so 102, 102nd NFL season. So, the NFL is over a century old but they didn't actually have a super bowl <clears throat> until you know 50 or so years into this these seasons so now this is going to be the fifty-six super bowl okay so it is yes the fifty-six wow. super bowl but the 102nd season okay so the way that i make my picks is based on kind of okay. statistics and the way that the numerology of things kind of line up so the my just just to come out and say it, my Super Bowl pick is the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Dallas Cowboys, and I base that on nothing of you know, oh the Cowboys suck, the Chiefs suck, suck. <laughs> what, whatever it is, I don't care. Right. So looking into the Chiefs' quarterback Patrick Mahomes, very very talented guy, very popular.
0: I have heard of him. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, his brother does like crazy antics nonetheless
0: wait he's in football too
1: no not at all but like his girlfriend and his brother are like off the hook they're just like disrespectful yeah yeah it's a whole thing you'd have to see it okay but i believe the chiefs are gonna beat the dallas cowboys in the super bowl
0: the chiefs are gonna beat the dallas cowboys in the super bowl yes okay
1: And the reason I believe that is, like I said, numerology, right? Right. So Patrick Mahomes, he's had a total of, right now, a total of eight playoff games. And his record in the playoffs are six and two. Six and two. So if he wins all four games, all playoff games and the Super Bowl, he will end this season, the 102nd season, and he will be 10 and two. 10 and two, like mm-hmm. 102. Oh,
0: okay. Yes.
1: And coming into this Super Bowl, you know, run, the playoffs, he finished this season because the season, there's a season, right? And then there's a playoff. So this right. season was the 56th season, uh, uh, or it's the 56th Super Bowl. Right. So he finished with 56 total wins. So I believe. There's an organic side to this. So I believe that he is going to win the Super Bowl and have a total of 102 or be basically equivalent to 102. He'd be 10 and 2. Uh, and,
0: oh, yeah. And the wow. Dallas
1: Cowboys, Dak Prescott, their quarterback, he comes into this, I believe it is 53 wins. So if he wins all of his games and gets to the Super Bowl, he will be he will end this season the 56 Super Bowl season on 56 wins hmm. so that is my prediction i hope it does not come true with the dallas uh, i'm very confident in the chiefs dallas we'll we'll see what happens i hope they lose cuz they're facing the 49ers i <laughs> can't help it i'm still a fan of the 49ers yeah. but i i You know, kind of detached from that. I think you used to, my mood would swing based on the 49ers winning or not. Mm -hmm. So they're playing them soon? Yeah, the Cowboys and the 49ers um, are playing, I think it's this weekend. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Wow. Okay, so your pick is the Chiefs.
1: The Chiefs over the Cowboys. Over the Cowboys. Yes. Like
0: beating them. Beating them. In the Super Bowl.
1: In the Super Bowl. Yes. The Super Bowl is actually taking it so another numerology thing here. The Super Bowl takes place in Los Angeles, California. So they're the Chargers and Rams Stadium. They're gonna be here? Yes.
0: What? Yes. I didn't so even know that. the
1: Super Bowl's taking place here and the date that it's happening is February thirteenth. Now, if we break that out in digits, it's two one three. Right. And what's the Los Angeles area code? Two one three. So very interesting stuff. Uh, that's my pick. You know, if you guys rock with me, <laughs> I appreciate it. If not, we'll see. We'll yeah, see how we'll everything definitely. shakes out. We'll,
0: yeah, we'll know soon <laughs> enough. <laughs>
1: Yes, we will. <laughs> but so, I love the
0: numerology aspect of it.
1: It's very interesting. I've been following it for a long time, and it, it actually pans out more often than not. Yeah. So we will see. And if you guys have any pics, let us know on our Instagram. My yes. Instagram is gorgeous, Borges, b o r g e s l a L.A. Real Estate. And my lovely wife.
0: Yeah, it's Brandy dot Borges. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and if you guys like the show, if you want to give us any, you know, any topics, anything like that, hit us up on Instagram. That's where we'll be at. And we actually have a really cool uh, guest coming up, just a tease. Yes. But uh, our next couple episodes, we will be having some some really great guests. We're going to bring in a lot of value to the table. So
0: Yeah, we're very, very excited for this. Um, I cannot wait to just announce who these guests are. Absolutely. So, so stay inspired. <laughs> 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 yes, we'll catch you guys on the next one with a brand new episode. Bye. Bye.